Life Can Be a Niche podcast. This is not quite episode two because this is a special bonus episode for Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you beautiful, wonderful mothers, like a mother's godmother, aunts, sisters, cousins, play cousins, play aunties. Happy Mother's Day to everyone, step moms, bonus moms, extra moms, Whatever you got going on in the mom world, you are mothering somewhere and we want to honor you. And if you do not have a child of your own, but you have children in your lives or you have people you help take care of their children, you're a mother too. We're a mothering is a village. So do not think for one moment that Mother's Day is for people who have given birth or who have adopted. Not at all the case. And we don't even want to go there and start that. So I am saying Happy Mother's Day to everybody joining the show today. Wish your loved ones Happy Mother's Day. Men, come on in. If you're if you're being kind to your mom, if a, I pray that she is still with you or the significant other in your life or your spouse or your daughters who are mothers, whoever you have that you are loving on today, we salute everybody this Mother's Day. This is a wonderful, beautiful day to celebrate and to honor the wisdom and knowledge that comes from motherhood. We in the hood, baby. We in the motherhood, honey. And it is it is no cakewalk. For those of you who are just joining me for the first time, welcome to the family. Thank you so much for coming to do life with me. I am so excited to have you here in the place today. And don't forget the regular episode drops tomorrow. So I want to see you in the place tomorrow too. Please be kind and subscribe. Follow this show, support it, comment. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to talk about. Um, Just for those of you who are just joining and you didn't join the first episode, please go back and take a listen to that. But for those who... um, our regulars, you know, welcome on back. Let's go ahead and get into it. I am a mom. I am once married, once divorced, two children, my mama, and a how did I get here later? And that is what this podcast is about. Everything that happened in between in my life, things that you planned, things that you didn't plan, life happened. And no matter how much we sketch out and write down inside where we're going to be or what we're going to do, life will come up and say, <laughs> Mm-mm, that's no, no, ma'am, that's not what you're going to do. And, and it happened and, and, and in talking to other people, life was happening to them too, but we weren't really talking about life. We were just talking. I don't even know what we were discussing, but we weren't talking about the real nitty gritty. And here we're going to do some real talk over some tea. So if you're here and you know what time it is, we always have tea time on because life can be a niche. And now this tea time is not like your regular tea time. We'll have our high tea with our sweets and savories and our tea of the the episode and we'll share. But the tea time is really a confession time. But I'm confessing. I'm I'm confessing something either. It may not always be heavy. Sometimes it's heavy. Sometimes it's things that people have never heard before. And and it's I'm I'm dropping it here. I'm dropping it here. Mm. Okay. Yes, I'm dropping it right here because I learned from it. Maybe you can learn from it. Maybe there's something you can tell me or share with me about it to help me see another side of it. 
so that that's what you what happens in life. You grow from it and you you walk through it and you grow through it. And that's the whole point of us sitting here chatting together and hopefully getting some inspiration along the way or thinking, hey, we got the same issue. Yes, that happened to me. Or I saw that happen to somebody else. Or I didn't know how to handle that. Or I did that to someone. It's always a, a learning lesson or a life lesson or something that you can get. We laugh. We smile on this on this podcast. We have a good time. Uh, everything is not so heavy uh, that we can't find a way to smile and love on each other. I am founded in my faith. I'm here because of God, and I'm thankful for that. And I will always honor and acknowledge him. And I just welcome you. That is pretty much me in a nutshell. I love to cook. You'll see me cooking. Um, you'll, if you follow me, uh, definitely follow my social media channels. It is Katie Bryant Writes. K.D. Bryant writes, and that is like uh, the W-R-I-T-E-S. Hope I spelled that right. Uh, K.D. Bryant writes on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, so get at me, you know, talk to me. You'll see me posting lots of stuff about my life, mostly cooking, because that's what I do when I procrastinate or when I'm writing and I need a writing break or when I'm just having a good time in the kitchen. I love to cook absolutely love it and so you will always see some kind of recipe or some fattening goodness and sometimes I'll put a salad on there so so my trainer won't know my coach is at my gym won't see me just out here just eating whatever and cooking whatever uh but that is life and that is who I am I welcome you here on uh the show today and I cannot wait to get into it and talk to you a little bit more the tea of the episode is chamomile because we could all use some calm so i have my this is not a teacup i know that i couldn't find teacups that could like do the because life can be a niche logo on it but if anybody knows of any place that does a real teacup then let me know but for right now i'm loving this and i'm loving my chamomile tea that is the tea of the episode chamomile because it's been a long week, folks. We could all use a little bit of calm from that chamomile tea. I am also highlighting and holding up my little teapot. This is from my set that my mom gave me. Mom knows that I love teas. I host teas in my home. That's why I said, hey, we're going to pour and sip the tea and get into real talk on this podcast. And, you know, this is a part of it. And she knew how much I love them. So she bought me a tea set. This is one little piece. And in honor of Mother's Day, I am saluting my mommy for buying me such a cute little tea set. Thank you, mommy, for my tea set. I love it, love it, love it. Um, and we're going to have some amends today. And amends is is a more serious uh, time for us to share. And we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in the show but uh, not to go any longer, you know, episode two, special Mother's Day episode. So glad you could join us. So glad you're listening. Uh, please, please, please tell all your friends, subscribe, like it, comment, talk to me about it. Um, let's talk about Mother's Day. So I was thinking about wanting, I said, oh, I want to do a special Mother's Day episode because I want to honor my mom and I want to honor all of the people out there who are mothers. Mothers make the world go around and that is so true. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a mom. I'm saying that because that's the truth and y'all know it. Um, but, and dads, don't you worry, Father's Day, y'all will get your little 
you know, splash in the pan. <laughs> We're going to acknowledge you too, fathers. I mean, Father's Day should be celebrated just as much um, and, and highlighted just as much. It's not going to happen. I'm, I'm telling you, it's not going to happen, but it should be. Okay, so I was just doing a little bit of research to find out more about how Mother's Day started. And of all the holidays and, and the days that we acknowledge and celebrate, I have never thought to just look up the origin of Mother's Day. And I'm just going to share this little tip with you. This is a story history about Mother's Day, you guys. And I don't know if you've looked it up and you already knew, then kudos to you for just being on top of it. But I just thought this was just some interesting information. So I'm just going to share a little bit of what I found out about the official Mother's Day holiday and how it arose in the 1900s as a result of the efforts of Anna Jarvis. Y'all, Anna Jarvis was so serious about Mother's Day. Do you hear me? So her mom, Ann Reeves Jarvis, was one of the early starters of Mother's Day celebrations or recognition and it was several of them and so make sure you look this up and and this is something you could actually study or share with your kids because it's really interesting how many different women started different types of Mother's Day celebrations and all of them kind of had like a, a different um, mission behind it so it that part alone is, is interesting but Anna Jarvis took up the the work and to honor her mother after her death and she decided mother's day was going to be a way of honoring the sacrifices mothers made for their children so she organized the first official mother's day celebration at a methodist church in grafton west virginia now it's that same day they also had thousands of people attend different mother's day events at Wanamaker's, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, this is retail stores that were in Philadelphia. So the department store that uh, gave uh, Anna financial backing held several events that day in honor of mothers. And, um, and so it was a success. So Anna decided that she wanted this holiday added to the national calendar. Um, and, and even though she remained unmarried and childless herself, so she didn't have children, she just wanted to honor mothers because she was so appreciative of the way her mother uh, took care of her. And, and what's interesting is that so many states started adopting Mother's Day that uh, by 1914, President Woodrow Wilson signed a measure officially establishing the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day in the United States. Now, there have been several uh, Mother's Day celebrations all over the world. They're held in different months, uh, and, and they honor mothers in different ways. But this is where the story... Y'all, listen, this is where the story turns, because it started off all roses, but then... Anna was a little bit perturbed. It's, it says here that she had originally conceived Mother's Day as a day of personal celebration between mothers and families. Her version of the day involved wearing a white carnation as a badge and visiting one's mother or attending church services. That's how she saw it. That's, that was her vision. That was her plan, you know, this is what it's going to be. But before long, florists, card companies, 
and other merchants capitalized on Mother's Day, making it a commercialized event that bothered Miss Jarvis to the point where she outwardly denounced the transformation and, and urged people to stop buying Mother's Day flowers, cards, and candies. And she um, eventually just went into a full-on campaign against Mother's Day profiteers, speaking out against the candy shops, the florists, and even charities. Um, she also sued people. She sued groups for using the name Mother's Day. And she eventually ended up spending most of her personal wealth in legal fees. By the time of her death in 1948, Jarvis had disowned the holiday altogether and even actively lobbied the government to see it removed from the American calendar. Anna Jarvis said, throw the whole Mother's Day away. She was done. I never knew this part. I have never heard this part of the story. No one's ever talked about this. This was not in my women's history class in college. I had no idea that all of this happened. Anna is an example of how no good deed goes unpunished. All she wanted you guys to do was spend time with your mothers, honor them, put a carnation on their on their lapel or whatever, and, and call it a day. Go to church and call it a day. But y'all got out here and you started spending money and buying all this stuff and buying Mother's Day just over-the-top things, and it just drove the poor lady into denouncing the whole thing. Just throw it over, take it off the calendar and chunk it. Chunk Mother's Day. And I never knew that. And, and God bless Anna Jarvis. I, I hope that, that she found peace. Because when you have a vision and you see something going one way and it takes off and it completely goes off the rails and goes the opposite direction, and that that has to be something hard to to really swallow. And even though she didn't have children of, of her own and she never married, her baby was Mother's Day. That that was her baby. And she saw people putting all kinds of stuff on the baby that she didn't like. And she just said, hey, give it, throw it away. <laughs> but it, it didn't work, obviously, because we're sitting here today as probably dozens of roses and flowers are being ordered and people are buying cars or, or whatever. You're probably not in restaurants, though. You're probably ordering takeout because we're still sheltering in place. But, you know, so so that much. We're home, Anna. I, you know, wherever you are, Anna, we are not running out and, and going out, gathering up, spending a whole lot of money on brunches. We're ordering those brunches and we're having them delivered. <laughs> we're picking them up. So I just I just thought that was just the most incredible thing. But, you know, just a little bit of a Mother's Day history. You guys look this up. Share this with your, your kids. I'm going to definitely share it with my, my sons because I had no clue that Mother's Day had this much of a backstory. And that's just a little part of it. It's so much. <laughs> it's so much more, especially if you look at the people who, started or tried to start their own Mother's Day before Anna did and, and all the things that they did and how, what they honored and what they considered honoring. But, you know, actively, you know, now Mother's Day is celebrated uh, in the United States. It says here, Mother's Day continues to be celebrated by presenting mothers and other women 
with gifts and flowers, and it has become one of the biggest holidays for consumer spending. Families also celebrate by giving mothers a day off from activities like cooking or other household chores. Yeah. Thank you, families, for giving mothers a day off from cooking and other household chores. It's in, I didn't write this. It is it's in the history. I think this is on the History Channel, on history.com under Mother's Day. And I just thought, wow. But even with that, you know, it goes on to share how Mother's Day has really been uh, a part for launching political and feminist causes. In 1968, Coretta Scott King, wife of Martin Luther King Jr., used Mother's Day to host a march in support of underprivileged women and children. And in the 1970s, women's groups also used the holiday as a time to highlight the need for equal rights and access to child care. So some good, uh, Anna Jarvis, some good has come out of Mother's Day. I know it's not how you thought it would be, and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that 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 that, that perturbed Anna Jarvis that y'all took Mother's Day to a whole nother level. And she's like, no, <laughs> that's not what any of this is supposed to be about. But I just, you know, a little bit of history. I just thought I would, would share that with you just to just let you know just how Mother's Day evolved and how we're here today. And, and because of that, I have to share with you a little bit about my mom and, and how thankful and grateful I am that she is here with me. And, and she's actually living with me. I, I, I said in the show, you know, one marriage, one divorce, two kiddos and my mama. Um, and so my mom is with us and she goes back and forth home, but we have since sheltering in place, um, she's sheltering here with us and, and I'm loving it and I'm so grateful to her, but you know, just to honor her and the kind of woman that she is, people meet my mom and they're like, oh, your mom is so sweet. She is y'all. She is just, she's sweet. Usually they say that because I think they're thinking, so what, <laughs> So what, what's your deal? Because <laughs> your mama is so sweet. You know, it's almost like, but, you know, I, I accept that. I am not like that. I strive to be like her every day. But I will say that my mom has made me um, into the woman that I am today. And she's the strongest woman that I know. And I did not realize until later in life, how strong my mother was uh, because a lot of it was hidden from me. So just to kind of, you know, I, I kind of missed out on discovering that because as a child, I always saw my mom. She, she never caused a ruckus. She never raised her voice. I never saw her. If she had a disagreement or an argument with anyone, I didn't see it. I didn't hear about it, I, and I was nosy. I was a nosy child. That's why I majored in journalism. I never heard or eavesdrop. Is eavesdrop? Yeah, eavesdrop. I did it. I did. And heard a crossword exchange between my mom and anyone. It was 
an opportunity to to really see my mother. Um, and my first example of, of that was um, something that I didn't recognize until my college years. Um, my mom was uh, diagnosed with ovarian cancer at the age of 33. And very young age and every time I go to the doctor and I, I tell people, you know, I tell the doctor in my medical history, you know, any history of cancer and I say, yes, you know, my mom had ovarian cancer. And the first thing they always say is, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Because they assume she's dead because ovarian cancer is so, such a, whew, it's a tough cancer. It is, um, and the survival rate is, is very, uh, it's much lower than others. And she had a rare form uh, that was only found, I think, in the time, at that time, maybe one in 10,000 people got this form of ovarian cancer. And I had no idea. I was six years old when my mom was diagnosed. I find out when I'm visiting from college. I was uh, home for, I'm showing my age, it was a quarter system. There was no such thing as semesters. We were on the quarter system. And I was home fall quarter um, from from the University of Georgia. And, you know, I don't think it might have been Christmas uh, when we were out. It could have been Thanksgiving. And I was sitting with my father, and we were watching some show on TV. And my mom was out with some of her club sisters. And they always do dinner once a month and, you know, raise money and decided what, what they were going to donate or support. Um, it was a civic organization. So they would go out and have, a, like, a little girl's night to meet and, and eat and I was home with that and the commercial came on for the American Cancer Society and it was just you know regular commercial you know nothing no big whoop and and I just you know said you know I said daddy I volunteered at um at the university and we raised a lot of money I said I had so much fun um with the relay uh life event it was so much fun it was so beautiful and dad said oh yeah yeah you know I bet you that'll make your mother happy too you know since she survived cancer it'll be nice to know that um <laughs> that she was a survivor y'all I'm laughing because he's talking and I'm looking at him as if he's speaking another language because I was like wait a wait a minute Mom had, my mama had cancer. And he looked at me, you know, and I don't know if this is an African-American thing or what, but I notice when people tell you stuff in the family and you don't know it, the first thing they say is, you didn't know that? <laughs> like you should have known. No, I did not know that. How would I have known that? You never told me. You never mentioned it. Because back then... I don't know, it, it was like a stigma or something, but, but African-Americans in our community is very quiet. And when people got sick, if they had breast cancer or any type of cancer, any, any type of sickness really, you really didn't hear about it a lot. It, you know, it wasn't announced in church necessarily and they, family members didn't go around talking about it and telling people about it, very, very close to the vest type of things. And I remember because I volunteered for American Cancer Society or some form of Relay for Life or something. I've always been involved with charities for cancer. 
And I remember several years ago that that was one of the big initiatives was getting uh, African-American women to speak out about um, dealing with cancer. So you, I mean, this was my mom and I had no idea. So I'm going to the doctor and there, is there any history of cancer? I'm 16 or 17. I'm going into the doctor's office by myself at this point. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it was. And then I didn't even know. And I just cried. I sat there. When I found out, I cried, y'all, because I thought about all the times that I was just a teenager and mom and I clashed and we, we didn't get it. We didn't hit our stride until I was 13. I remember the day. I remember the day we hit our stride and we finally settled and smoothed that thing on out because we were just two, two women. I was, you know, young and silly and and disrespectful you know mouthing off and just being a girl so i'm glad i don't have girls i'm so glad i have um young men because <laughs> mouthing off whoo mm, blessing but i just remember thinking i was such a terrible teenager or preteen, and i was so mean to mom you're telling me my mom could have died and and then thinking back that's what made me see her strength because then I remembered when I was six years old and, and being there in the house with daddy and mommy not being there or staying with my grandmother or, you know, just going from house to house. And it did, it, as a child, you don't really notice things like that. If people tell you, oh, your mother's, you know, on a, on a trip or your mama's, you know, doing whatever. So you, you accept it. I was six. You know, it's not like I was running an investigation about where mommy is because we were, you know, back and forth. I was still being taken care of. Everything was still flowing as normal. And when my mom did come home, I didn't realize she was in Atlanta um, and she'd gone through surgery and would never have children and all of the weight of that at 33 and, you know, still giving me everything thing every ounce of herself when so much had been taken away at such a young age that strength and and I didn't realize that I missed out on on that but just I was able to recall all of those moments and and she never missed a beat she she I think she took two three weeks out of school and she had full-blown surgery and I don't think she missed more than two weeks maybe and she went back to work probably a little too soon, but she did. And um, she's kept smiling and she was reading her scripture. And no one, I had no clue that my mom was going through or that she was taking chemo. And it finally occurred to me as an adult when she came home, because I was like, hey, I, I didn't know you had cancer. And I just, I cried in her arms. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm so, I'm sorry. I didn't know. And, but, you know, I was six and I can understand that, that they may have thought that I would not have understood. But I'm thinking that should have come up by 10, 12, 13. <laughs> Y'all should have, somebody should have said something. But um, they didn't. It's just half hours. Oh, you didn't know that. Oh, <laughs> okay. And so I talked to her uh, about it and, and we shared. And I said, you know, now looking back and, and now I see you know, that walk, what that must have been like uh, for her at a young age 
when I, I was just getting married at 33 and, and, and pregnant immediately after that um, and having my first child at, I, I think I might have been 34 by the time Bryant was born. I might have been 34, but I, or I was turning 34. And for my mom, to that none of that was even an option anymore. And she was still smiling with so much grace. And, and so much laughter and love, and, and I never knew. I, I did not. So that was my first moment of strength. The second um, example of her strength was when my father uh, was diagnosed with cancer in 2014, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was 2014. And seeing her as his primary caregiver we were both taking care of daddy but you know mom took the lion's share of that because I'm a mom myself and taking care of my own kids and running the house and then doing all the research and running back and forth and doing my part but her part the main part was being there with daddy and he had some some tough moments in some several hospital visits and uh, just seeing her strength and keeping up with all the medications and all of the paperwork and everything and because my dad completely depended on her. And so even though I'm sure she just wanted to scream because she was hurting because here is my husband now is battling cancer. We're much later in life and all of this is hitting us when we should be, you know, we're retired, we should be enjoying. They were talking about traveling before all of this happened. They were just talking about things that they were going to do. And and now in front of this is in front of you that, you know, that that may be cut short. And it was my father lost. Uh, he well, he won his battle in heaven, but he left this earth uh, four years, about four and a half years after being diagnosed and seeing my mom walk through. Being by my father's side, uh, when he went into the hospital for the final time, we didn't know it at the time that it was really, really final, but it it was his final time. And, and it quickly became apparent that it was his final time about five, six days into it. And then he, he might've been in the hospital maybe three weeks and she never left his side. And just right there. And I can't imagine, you know, someone you, you spent more of your life with them than you have lived. And, you know, surely 50 years, if not 51 years of, of, of dating and then being married to my father and then sitting there, you know, basically his last moments, you're, you're watching that or you're, you're still praying for him. You're still advocating and um for him but but you know that it wasn't looking good and to see her still gracious and still you know teasing the nurses and talking to the nurses and they're giving advice and and the the staff and the custodians everybody knew my mom and daddy in that hospital and my mom has to make more chicken dressing for people. She owes so many people some chicken dressing because she's talking about cooking. And they're like, your mama says she's going to make us. And she is. She she always, even now, I mean, the coronavirus has like stopped everything. She's like, you know, I still owe such and such some chicken dressing. <laughs> 
They have her number. They have my mom's phone number. Um, and we've just adopted them. I have sisters now. I have sisters at the hospital from all walks of life, different ethnicities, just loving on my mama and loving on my dad. But the grace that she just showed and the strength and the and the strongest moment for me watching her. And we're going to get into this more on the show tomorrow when we talk about grief and, and definitely get into it. But it was when maybe maybe about four or five days before dad passed and my, my father was very strong and we knew that he was holding on for us uh, that obviously beyond a shadow of a doubt but he was in it was in terrible pain um and uncomfortable i think at this point in his mind he knew he wasn't coming out of that hospital on this side of the earth and for my mom to sit and hold his hand and and tell him it's okay for you to leave, I thought that showed more strength than I have ever. I can't imagine. I cannot. I cannot imagine what that must be like to tell your partner, your spouse of uh, 48 years. It would have been 48. They just would have just celebrated an anniversary. But to say... You may not have known this, but I was listening. I heard everything you said. I am prepared. You have already prepared me. I got it. We're going to be okay. And she gave my dad permission to leave. And, you know, when you want to hold on to somebody, you want to right there. You know, you don't want to let people go. And, and, and I'm just sitting there like, wait, yeah, I know mommy. I know you want to hold on to him. I want to hold on to him. But the, the strength that it took to say, it's okay. I'm going to be okay. I see the pain that you're in and I know you're holding on because of me and, and this kiddo here and we're going to be fine and it's okay. And the relief, dad didn't open his eyes, but I do believe in that moment, his spirit settled a little bit because he received from his queen that he could, you know, step down from the throne as king and the queen would handle it. And, and I just, that is a strength that I don't know where she got it from. I have no idea. It was not like the the person I saw as a little kid. I was just, I'm still amazed. And I never told her. I've never said to her how she'll see it when she, she'll hear it and she'll see the YouTube video. But I have never told her how much I admire her strength and her grace under fire. Because that is just something that, you know, uh, that's just to me amazing and and I salute her and I want to be like her when I grow up because I'm still growing and um and I'm just grateful for her but anyway 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 um let's uh, let's just go ahead and talk about let's move on to something else let's talk about something else from Mother's Day I know that a lot of you are in a in a place where you know you may not have children or, or you, you know, may be in a place of loss where you've lost your mother. And 
And I know that's not easy. Um, I have not lost my mother. I've, I've lost a parent. And, and I can't imagine that, that sometimes for some people, this time of year is a time of sorrow or a time of, of just, it's a heaviness there because their mother is, is no longer with them. But I say this to you. Don't, don't worry about what Anna Jarvis thought. Whatever you would have done for your loved one, for your mom, for your mother figure, for the person who took care of you, for cousin, auntie, father who had to be both father and mother, do it for yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. You can do that for yourself. And remember them and honor them. You know, if you were going to have, if you would have taken them to brunch, order brunch for yourself. Treat yourself and, and thank them and remember them and honor them because they have made you who you are today. And they're still with you. Their legacy of whatever they poured into you is it's, it's being poured into someone else. So... You know, don't let this be a time for just hardship or rem or losses or re remembering things. And I, I know it's not easy. It was hard for me for Father's Day last year. Uh, I didn't want any part of it because I didn't have my father here anymore. But I had to pull up, pull it together and celebrate what I did have. And I know that's hard, especially if you recently experience a loss because mothers do make the world go around and I'm serious about that and and I know that it, it may be troubling you and, and if you have a sister circle then this now's the time to get in that sister circle or be you know let someone know talk about it uh, don't hold it in don't hold the feeling in if you need to cry cry treat yourself though treat yourself to something nice for you in remembrance of that person who served as a mother figure or a mother in your life. And and this notion about not having children, you know, it's <laughs> so many people. You probably are a mother, but you just haven't had children naturally or, or you haven't adopted any children. But I bet you you're a mother in some facet of your life. You just haven't owned it or realized it yet. But to all you people, it's some office moms out there. You come in on holidays, the office is decorated. They, they put together the birthday list. They, they order the cake and the cupcakes and the cookies on your birthday. They get everybody to sign the card. Everybody has an office mom. Some of you have several office moms. And because I, I know because I've seen them in action. I, I personally know an office mom. She was the office mom, did every single thing for everybody in that office, just like a mother. You know, you want coffee, coffee's already filled up. You need snacks, snacks. There, water's there. Office mom took care of it. So you may not be a mom mom. You might be an office mom. You might be your support group mom, you know, where you may not have kids, but you have Friends who have them, who need advice, who need help, who need somebody to come. Hey, can you run and pick up blah, blah, blah? Can you get such and such? Can you keep? That is mother figure. That is a mom. If you're a god mom, if you're a play auntie, if you're a bonus mom or a step mom, 
you have a stake in the game. And so that's why I say to celebrate Mother's Day, we celebrate everyone because mothers make us. Mothers make young men. Mothers make women. And women grow up to be mothers sometimes, or they may grow up to marry men who have children and they end up being bonus moms. It is all, it's all cyclical. It all goes, it all, one hand washes the other. So that's why I say I celebrate everyone. I celebrate you on Mother's Day. And if you are celebrating your loved one on Mother's Day and honoring them, then kudos to you. Take care of them. Love on them. Anna Jarvis wouldn't have wanted you to. I know this. <laughs> she would not... Anna was not having all this stuff, but I'm saying do some of this stuff, um, especially now. It's, it looks different because of the coronavirus uh, and the way we're living right now. But this is even more time, a more special time, because we are sheltering at home and hopefully with loved ones and those who are not. And you're, you're, you're sheltering and your mom or, and your family is someplace else. You know, I hope you have so much fun and save the video footage and all the creative ways of, of how you love on one another and, and take care of that. So Mother's Day, Mother's Day, it is a wonderful, wonderful time. Mothers make the, go, the world go around. Mothers, we're going to have to fix this world. It's so much going on right now. It's going to take some mamas to fix it. And everybody's a mama. Pick it up. Let's let's get our aprons on and <laughs> let's get it together. We gotta we got some cleaning up around here to do because this world. Whew. Whew. Anyway, let's have some tea. All right, all right, all right. It's time to um, have a little tea and a little conversation. Again, the tea of the episode is chamomile because we could all use a little bit of calm. I told you guys I love loose leaf teas and I love to sweeten it with um, amber rock sugar or German rock sugar. And um, it is just flavored so nicely. Mm, I can't drink too much because I don't want to get too calm and get sleepy and, <laughs> and totally mess up on this episode um but i said tea is the time for a confession and i'm going to confess something that i did as a young mom and i don't i don't know if i've ever said it out loud but i have thought it because it finally hit me when i learned from it uh but uh i remember I used to look forward to Mother's Day because it was the one day, the one day out of the year that I gave myself permission to relax. One day, y'all, I had this mommy guilt that just, I don't know where it came from. My friends call me a field mouse because I'm always up scurrying around and it's true, but I've gotten better because I, when you know better, you do better. I've gotten better. Um, but I was one of those moms that, you know, the house is clean and the candles are lit and it smells good in here. It always smells like some kind of candle going on. I've got a candle burning right now. 
and the floor is clean and it's mopped. And, and I was working two jobs. I was working my full-time job, and then I had a job as a as an adjunct professor, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I love working. And I took that second job because I enjoyed it so much, and it did bring in a little extra money. And But I would work all day, possibly twice a week, go to this other job, come home, prepare dinner, clean in the kitchen as I go, because that's how I was raised. You clean as you go, but there's still remnants of dishes even after so I'm getting these kids and I'm feeding their meals and their dad is eating because at the time I'm divorced now, but at the time I was married and, and everybody's eating and I haven't even, I didn't even sit down to eat. And I look up and it's 8.30, it's 9 o'clock. I haven't even eaten yet. I'm still sweeping the kitchen. I'm still doing this because I'm trying to tidy things up and make things perfect. Because in my mind, that's what moms do. You know, moms do all the things that make things perfect. And the entire time, that I'm doing this and you know then the kids are they're done and then I well I've got to get them upstairs and we got to get them washed up and get them ready for bed and then we might have to read a bedtime story or we might have to go over something that reinforced that something that was you know done in daycare or when they were five or whatever and and I still haven't eaten <laughs> so I come back downstairs my food is cold and I'm you know sitting there and I do this every single day some days I would get lazy and do fast food. Some days. When they're young, they can't really eat fast. I mean, you, you can give kids chicken nuggets, but I mean, when they're really young, it's hard to do that. You kind of have to have food prepared. But, you know, some days I would get lazy and bring fast food in, but then I was still ripping and running and cleaning up and doing stuff because I was one of those people, if I saw something, it was like, if you give a mouse a cookie, you know, I'm like, oh. Oh, that's near. That needs cleaning. Oh, that needs putting up because I felt like making a home and being a good mom was having everything perfect and having everything organized and having, oh, this wonderful. Do you know those kids never said, oh, mom, this is some really good fried chicken and mashed potatoes and the floor is spotless. They never said that. Oh, mom, you've got all these dishes put up and we still eating our peas care they had no idea of all the stuff I'm just doing I'm just running 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 and truth be told resenting it holding resentment angry I'm tired can't everybody see I'm tired mm -mm. because I was not bold enough to say I was tired, to say what I needed, to, to put my foot down and say, okay, it won't be done today. I won't do the dishes. I can go to bed without, no, I'm not going to tell that lie. I don't go to bed with, with my dishes in the sink. I still don't. I'm not going to tell that one. I will say this. I could have gone to bed without cleaning the bathrooms for the second time that day. Just have Dirty bathrooms. Kids make accidents. Just leave it till the next day. But I didn't. Um, and I was just spinning, 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 spinning. And I felt guilty when I would leave because your kids can make you feel guilty. I felt guilty when I would leave the house. This is no joke. This is serious. I would actually say, okay, I'm just going to go get the groceries. And I'd be so happy. Like, oh, I'm by myself. 
I'm going to go shopping by myself. And I could not believe the amount of like angst, like I'm free. I'm free. I can drive by myself, by myself, by myself. I was so relieved to have a break and I was so broken. And I, at this point and years of this and just drowning and then mad because nobody can see you're drowning. Well, my mama saw <laughs> and my daddy. They're like, you do too much. You need to sit down. But it's so hard to tell a type A person, sit down, you do too much. That's like saying, <laughs> you've noticed all the work I've done, and so I'm going to continue to do it because you've seen all of the things that I've done to get this place organized. Mm-mm. Killing yourself. So mamas, give yourself permission. Don't feel guilty about taking that. Even now, even now. Um, and my kids are older and if I go out with the girls, they, they, mommy, where are you going? Mommy, how long will you be gone? Mommy, mommy, you were gone a long time. Mommy, it's 11 (laughs) o'clock. Okay. (laughs) And I feel bad. I actually have a little bit of guilt when I pull out of the driveway because my, and then, and the whole time I'm gone, I'm sure they don't think about me. Not once. (laughs) either with my mom chilling or they're with their dad. They don't think about me when I'm gone. And I'm sitting there guilty, just feeling guilty. So that's my confession that I should have let go and enjoyed the moment of mommyhood. I miss so much of their younger years making things perfect for them and not experiencing the beauty of just relishing in motherhood, sitting with them, playing on the floor with them. And instead, I'm just trying to lay everything out and have your clothes laid out and have your bubble bath ready and have your colors in your bubble bath and do this and do this and do this and do this. this. By the time you go to bed, little person, I'm exhausted and have to get up and do it all over again. And Mother's Day was the one day that I actually didn't feel guilty about taking time for me. And that's the opposite of what we should be doing. You should always take care of you first. Everybody says, you know, it's the same. I put to put your mask on first. It's so true. It is the truth. Put your mask on first. Save yourself because you will end up resentful or like me packing on weight or unhappy, miserable, and literally walking around underwater all day long and not knowing why. Because everything's perfect. So you think, because you've made it perfect. So that that is, that is the confession that I have. I am reformed. I have learned from it. I take time for me, even when I feel that little twinge of guilt, because I still feel it. I still feel it sometimes when I just say, okay, I'm going on vacation with the girls and I'm going for a whole four days. Four days is not a lot of time. (laughs) And they're like, what? You're going vacation without us? Yes, I am. Good day, sirs. (laughs) I'll be, I'll see you later because you need that. You need that clarity. You need that moment to refresh. You need that time to remember who you are. 
because you will get lost in being a mom and then they will be gone to college or school, off to boarding school, wherever they're going, send whatever. They're going to leave. They're going to grow up and they're going to leave. And then you won't have anything to do with yourself. So that is my tea time. Sip and pour, baby. I just poured up some tea. That That's something I had to get in my spirit and start taking care of myself. And I am thankful for it. And I'm thankful for friends who love me enough to point out to me, you're killing yourself. And it ain't good. So that's, that's my little, that's my, go ahead and take a look. Calm. Mm. Love that chamomile tea. Thank you for joining in on our tea time. Well, fam, we have come uh, to uh, the almost end of this podcast, and I have thoroughly enjoyed sharing with you and talking with you about all the different things that are surrounding Mother's Day. I'm so grateful to honor my mom, but I also honor all of the women, every single one, whether you have a child or not, you have my children. Um, because you pour so, so much, so much into them and you give to them and you love on them as if they are, were your own. And my godmothers to my children, I love you guys. Uh, so, ooh, just your, my, my play aunties, I'm an only child, but I've got so many people who are part of our lives and and I salute you on this Mother's Day and I salute all you other mamas in the mama circle and all you aunties and godmothers and play cousins and bonus moms or stepmoms whatever it is you go by I thank you all so much all the mothers of the church with their peppermint thank you I'm I just love you all so much for being a part of Mother's Day. And and that's why, you know, as we bring amends about and our amends moment, I thank you and I honor you and I salute you. And as we make amends, um, I said it's been a heavy week. Uh, this weekend, my kids and I ran with um, Ahmaud Arbery. And the terrible injustice. So on this Mother's Day, his mom will not have her son on Zoom, on Facebook, on Messenger, at her table. Instead of receiving flowers from him, she may be placing flowers on his grave. And amends for this show is usually about me making amends to people whom I've hurt or I've wronged in some way and I want to personally 
come out and, and say I apologize, but I'm making amends for the world. Not going to be about me today and the amends that I owe. And say, moms, Ahmad Aubrey, we were all his mama when we walked, when we ran, when we jogged and protested for justice for this young man and a, a life that was lost, that was senseless. And I cannot say that I know what it feels like, but I'm raising two brown boys up there. And I know that it's going to take all of us mamas to make it better. Ahmaud Aubrey was our son. We stand in solidarity with his family. And I wish peace and comfort and love of prayers to soothe their souls and to give them peace. And I pray for our world. We are, the virus, we're sheltering in place. Well, what are we, what are we growing? Are we learning anything? The things that are said on the news and the things that are done, the things that people allow to come out of their mouths or to tweet or to say, we're supposed to be getting better. I thought we were cocooning to come out as butterflies. We still gonna be in this cocoon a little while, y'all, until we get it right. Mamas, let's clean it up. Let's clean this world up. Thank you so much for joining Because Life Can Be a Mitch. Be sure to subscribe. Follow me, Katie Bryant Writes, on Instagram, Twitter, on Facebook. Get in the comments. Let me know your thoughts. Tell me what you think. What do you want to talk about? What's your favorite tea? I'd love to um, share your favorite tea. I've got a special surprise too for um, someone who makes a comment or drops a comment on the YouTube channel. I've got a surprise for you, a random little selection there. So thank you all for joining. Be good to each other. I love y'all babies. Y'all just come on, let's clean it up. Let's clean it up. We can do better. We can do better. Thank you for joining because life can be a niche and I will see you.